0: Okay, good morning, Hashem. Today we'll be learning Daf Ein Ches in Maseches Yuma. And we'll start with eight lines down on Daf Ein Ches. Or, if you prefer, two lines up from the wide lines. And we're going to talk about the, one of the Chamesh Nuim that of Neilas HaSandal. Neilas HaSandal, we're talking about The idea of wearing shoes. Good morning, Barry. Barry, I wasn't going to do anything until you got here. Don't worry. Now the question is, wearing shoes is interesting, right? When you walk around on Yom Kippur, Goronowitz, you see people in sneakers and Crocs. Well, those shoes are probably more comfortable than regular Shabbos shoes. So what, in fact, is the idea of wearing shoes? So we'll be getting a little bit into that, right? Is the idea, inuyim usually means that you're supposed to be in discomfort. You're never more comfortable shoes-wise than you are in your Kippur sometimes. So maybe you're supposed to just wear socks. You see people wearing that. We're going to get a little bit into that. But first, we're going to compare it to wearing shoes on Shabbos. What was the idea of wearing shoes on Shabbos? This came up yesterday. We, we said this is, this is how the transition works. I'll say a little bit outside first, and we'll go inside. We, you might recall, and this is what we're going to get right into right away, when we were learning Masechah Shabbos, I thought it was going to be like uh, Rabbi Ribiat's Lamentas Malachos book. Turns out, it felt like 90% of the Masechah was about Hotza'ah and Tumah. Remember that? It felt like and Hotza'ah. And one of the classic, because that just seems to be what the topics were. One of the classic cases was the individual who was walking out with a prosthetic leg. Uh, you might recall this case. We're going to refer back to it today. And we were saying, with the prosthetic leg or with a shoe, so can you walk outside and potentially outside of the Tchum on Shabbos? Not outside of the Tchum, but outside of, so to speak, the of. What's the issue? Well, if it's actual clothing, like shoes are, you're certainly allowed to wear shoes and walk outside the of let's say, with shoes on. But if it's a prosthetic leg, maybe it's not a shoe, maybe it's a burden. And if it's a burden, then you have an, is- uh, an issue of perhaps you'll have Right, Havaris Dalad Amos Harabim. if you're walking out from Shusha Yaqar to Rabim, so then perhaps you're gonna have issues of Hotsa. And then and then one of the one of the ways of determining whether this prosthetic leg was a clea or not, because if it wasn't a clee, it's a real burden. What was one of the ways it's a clea? Is if it's enough of a kli, if it has enough of a hollowed out receptacle in it, to be Makabil Tuma. And then we said, well, maybe it has cushioning in it, and then it has a begad. You might recall we talked about begadim, and we said how big does a begad have to be to be considered a begad? In other words, if you're walking out, you're allowed to wear begadim, right? But what if it's very, very small? Well, it has to be the requisite size to be makabal tumah, or the other way of saying it is, if it's so small that it's not even a begad, so maybe then it's not even going to be an issue of atzah. Perhaps in order to have the shear, you might recall that there was a shear of, of oatsah, that in order to be, have any significance at all, to be considered to have the shear of oatsah, maybe it has to have the smallest shear of a baghead. So these are some of the issues. It was very nostalgic to see some of the issues that uh, we were discussing. Uh, then in Masechah Shabbos and those are some of the issues that we'll bring into the discussion of now but how was the transition? well the transition was we talked about one of the surim over Shabbos we talked about Rechitza right? that washing was one of the Chamesh inuim. we compared washing to anointing with oil uh, crazy story with Daniel and Navi and then we said okay well if washing is one of the inuim, how about walking across the river? And we said, well, walking across the river is not really washing. And therefore, on Shabbos, we said that you're allowed to walk across the river on Yom Kippur. The question now is, can you walk across the river on Shabbos? This is where we, on right? So what's the issue with walking across the river on Shabbos? So that's the issue we talked about now. Can you walk across the river on Shabbos? There's going to be a question of, just like Yom Kippur, we have a problem of enuim right, with shoes. But on Shabbos and Yom Kippur, we have some some overlapping issues. Is it Tzchitat Begadim? And let's go see inside how those two relate, and that's gonna bring us over and transition into neilas hasandel. So with that introduction, eight lines down, we say the following. We just learned, right, on Ein, Zayin, Amad Beis, Abresa, talking about going through the river on Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara, Yom Hakipurim de Al. I can understand. We learned yesterday that there's no violation of any of the Hamesha Sinuim by walking through a river because, after all, you're not wearing shoes. But Shabbos de ikamin Al. But let's say it's Shabbos. Now, in Shabbos, you are wearing shoes, right? Because there's no of ne'ilas a sandal. Everybody wears shoes on Shabbos. My, what would be the halacha about walking through a stream? What's the issue? So the issue the Mefarshim explain is that of Hotza. Whenever we talk about Shabbos, uh, you can assume, unless told otherwise, that we're talking about Hotzah. You're walking through a, a stream, your, your shoes might, it might be considered, right, that your shoes are going to float away or something like that. And how does that, and how is that going to work with, uh, Hilchas Shabbos? So let's see it inside. Nechemia, who is the son-in-law of the Nasi, said, Ravami and Ravasi over Shabbos um to two blad ago have had um about how to read a certain Psukim. They were on a pool. They went they went, they saw a pool of water on Shabbos, Urkuma de Maya, a body of water. they crossed it, they walked with full attire, full of ush and shoes. Okay, so we see that you know they walked right, straight through rivers, they weren't concerned about Shabbos. They weren't concerned about wearing any of their shoes or any of their clothing. They just walked straight through for whatever reason they did. Okay. So the question is, says the Gemara, I can understand shoes is okay. Sandal, What's the difference between Min'al and Sandal? So Min'al is one of these shoes that you tie up all together and it covers the top and the bottom of the shoe. A sandal is more like a sandal that covers only the bottom of the shoe. What would be the issue of the sandal? Well, the sandal is going to be more prone to floating away, right? The sandal is going to perhaps, right, be loose fitting and end, up, uh, and end up being an issue of carrying. How so? Now, Ravina was known for wearing sandals, and he once observed Ravina crossing a body of water with sandals and Ravashi Amar, Sandal However, Ravashi, Modified the statement He said it's Lechatechila Preferable not to wear A sandal On Shabbos Right um, Fine Now um, Fine So now <laughs> We say like this when I, when I was growing up In Israel In Haifa They have the leather sandals They're called Sandalei Tanach Because they're like What you imagine That's what they call them In Israel It's what you imagine People wearing In the days of the Tanakh uh, really it should be called Sandal Well I, Anyway So so that is The kind of sandal We're talking about here We're going to get to Crocs in a minute Don't worry Gronowitz. Um So Sandal You're not supposed to lechathila. As Rashi explains um, In the third line of Rashi This whole issue Is an issue of Will the sandal float away And you'll be uh, Or Not just float away But if Is it considered An extra issue Of Actually carrying Uh on Shabbos, so let's see. We're going to talk about stories with regards to walking across the water. So Reish Galusa Iklo Hagronia Levei Rav Nasan. Okay, Reish Galusa the once came to uh, to stay by Rav Nossan, and he spent Shabbos in Hagronia. Okay, Raphram Bchulah Rabanan Asulupirka. So when the Reish Galusa used to come to town, he used to give a shear. Now, Andrew, um, I'm sorry to tell you, but the Reish Galusa was not necessarily always the most learned. But he, it was customary for him to give a shir. And the Rabbanim would come out of respect. Okay, So everybody was coming, Raphram, all the rabbis are coming to the Shear. Ravina, who was one of the biggest gedolim there, Lo Asa, he didn't come to the Shear. Now that is a big busha for the Resh Galusa. Resh Galusa certainly would notice that Ravina was absent at the she'er. So lamachar bai Raphram, Lafuke Rabinam, he died to so, the reish Galusa. So there was, so Ravina was absent at the shear, and now Rafram is concerned. He's like, you know, let's say the uh, president of the shul, Rafram is, and he needs to do damage control now to figure out why did Ravina not come to the shear? because now he has to make sure not to insult the Resh Galusa, who certainly must have noticed Ravina's absence. So Amalai, so Rafram goes to Ravina's house, and he asks him, my time I lost in Marlapirka, why were you not at shear?" So Raffram said, I had a foot ache. My foot was hurting me and that's why I didn't come. So tell the Reish Galusa I would have loved to come but my foot was hurting me. Okay, so Raffram said, You should have put shoes on your feet and then just come to the shear. It, it, it was really important for you to come. The Reish Galusa noticed that you weren't there. The So Ravina answered, no. Uh, that wouldn't have helped, because it, it was hurting. The top of my foot was hurting. And thus, if you, as Rashi explains, if you would have tightened it really tight, uh, it would not have helped, uh, because, um, I, I don't, I don't see it in Rashi, but I saw it in the art scroll. Um, well, it's fr- it's from the, right, it's from the, uh, of, of the of the Rashi and the Hemshek of the Gemara. Basically, the way they explain it over here, is that the top of the foot was hurting? Andrew, maybe you can explain to us how this works. No, God forbid, that's too low. It's still too soon, too soon. We'll wait for Andrew's boot to come off before we uh, make these comments. Anyways, the top of his foot was hurting, so that if he tightened the top, it would also be in pain. So the sandal would not help. So, so I'm sorry, the shoe would not, to put a shoe on would not help, because tightening it, it was just swollen, it was not comfortable anywhere. So the Rafam said no, he buy a sandala. This is what he's saying, that you could have put on a sandal on your shoe, and therefore, since that doesn't put pressure on the top of the foot, so you would have worn a sandal, and you would have still, would have been, this is where Rashi says, would have been wider, and would not have put pressure on the foot, would have been comfortable for you. So Malay, Saravina so said to him, ava Now, there was a pool of water on the way. Interesting. This is very relevant to our issue. This pool of water, apparently, was a reason not to walk through in sandals. So, Aphraim said, wait a minute. So, what? So, so, you could have walked and you're wearing the sandals, Derech Malbush. So, what's the issue on Shabbos of walking Derech Malbush? There's no hot There's no nothing. It's Derech Malbush. So, we see already in the story where Ravina was known to have, at occasion, worn the sandals. I guess that was in the Shasad Chak. But even Ravina himself adhered to this principle of Ravashi that sandal lechat alo. That lechatchila, really, unless you wear, you can't avoid it. You should not wear the sandal on Shabbos, right? So that's why, even though he was known for sometimes wearing it, um, so then then in that that um, occasion where he wore it, it was a shasad chak. Some, like the shown him, some say that no, that this is two different Ravinas. There was the Ravina that was known for wearing sandals, and this Ravina was known for adhering to the sheet of Rashi of not wearing sandals. If you want to keep it consistent, just say it's the same Ravina, but he either adopted the sheet of Rabashi, or maybe the time that he wore sandals was his Shah of Um But then we wouldn't have quoted it as if it was a Lachat Chila. Okay, the point is that even Ravina agreed ultimately that sandal is sub-ideal on Shabbos and, and presumably the reason is because, again, it's loose-fitting and if it's loose-fitting then either it's not exactly uh, and, and, and you're walking through a river where maybe not normal people wear shoes like leather shoes so then already it, it becomes not exactly a malbush malbush is okay but if it's not exactly a malbush or if you think it's going to fall off so then you have concerns of hotzav fine so now nine lines down in the wide lines we say the following washing yourself on Yom Kippur that was his name um Right, um, his, his uh, nickname was, I guess, uh, uh, Plum Pit. It's, you're not allowed to sit in mud on Yom Kippur. What's going on here, Rashi. This is not something that in modern days we can relate to so well, but Rashi says, that rolling around in wet mud is, is, an, is, a, is a pleasure that is very similar to Rechitza. This is a very interesting thing. First of all, pigs in mud love it. Secondly, it's not uncommon to go to mud baths. You know, those this is like a rich man-poor man thing. Like either pigs in mud in mud pens love it, or if you really, really go on a seriously High, um, you know, highly high end vacation, then you might find yourself going to mud baths also. Those exist. And those are supposedly a uh, great Tanuk. But the, the question is, it, it's really Rachitza? In other words, it seems like the opposite of Rachitza. But it's a great Tanuk. We're going to touch on the issue of, right, we have Chameshah Sinuim. Okay. But what about all other kinds of pleasures that are not related to the Chameshah Sinuim? Is that something that's Usher and Yom Kippur? Right? And base field, do you have this here in Jacob Shire Zine where a guy walks around with a besumim for you to smell and enjoy? And they say you make a bracha because you have fewer brachas on your kipper. And so yeah, but is that pleasure even allowable? Are you supposed to deny yourself those kinds of pleasures? Here we're saying that the mud baths are a similar, almost like a tolda of an Avmalach on Shabbos, where it's a similar category of the tanug of washing, okay? I thought the tanug of washing was maybe to be clean, but you see, this is not quite, right? Here, you're getting yourself dirty with mud, and the tanug is similar to whatever the enjoyment of washing is. So that is why, right, he said on Yom Kippur, you're not allowed to go to the mud baths. What kind but, of mud is it? Dead sea mud? Oh, so the Gemara asks, what kind of mud is this? Dead sea mud? mitpachas. it talks about the kind of mud that oozes a lot of uh, a lot of moisture it's obviously not talking about dry mud it's talking about like sea mud where it's just like you cake it on yourself and it's gishmak it it, it, it has to be in other words in order to be considered one of the inuim, to the point where it 's almost like washing it has to be moist to the point where if, if, if you, is a level of moisture where it's so saturated that if something else were to come in contact with it, it too would become somewhat moist. So we're talking about really moist, uh, mud. It's a mechaya. Okay. So that is the kind of mud you're not allowed to go to those mud baths on your m'kipper. I don't know who would do such a thing, but don't, but, but stay away from that. Now. How about cooling off on Yom Kippur? So you see, again, we're talking about other type of Ta'anugim gim on Yom Kippur, and we're seeing is this going to be mutter or not? And we're going to try to fit each one to see whether it's in the f- categories of the five inuim. So I remember who the let stand and be right? You can imagine like a nice cold nectarine with some condensation on it, and you put it against your steaming hot forehead, right? These people lived in uh, in in Eretz Israel. It is very in that and that region, and in Babel. Uh, certainly in the Middle East, it's nice and hot, and that is a way of cooling off. Well, cooling off, would that be okay? So, the, as we could see, yes, you could cool off that way. As long as it's not so wet, then you're allowed to cool off a little bit, and there's no problem of sechita, there's no problem of rechitza, and that actually is a kind of tanug which is okay. Okay, Rabbi Yudah Mitztanen Bekara. Rabbi Yudah's go-to was a squash, that's what he did to cool off. Rabbi Mitztanen Beyanuka, wild. Rabbi used to cool himself With a nice, cool baby, okay? Like a human baby. Rav bechasa the d'chassah. Rav will cool himself with a silver cup. Now we're going to get into the silver cup. What's about cups here? Amar Papa, Keith, see, cups are a danger zone because sometimes cups are filled with liquid. And already pouring liquid on yourself is not cool. So Amar Papa, I mean, it's too cool and it's cool and it has water with it because... That's already too similar to Rechitza. I'm Amar Papa. Can I Ka- take a bottle of water when I go to the sauna? Yeah. It gets so hot so I take a bottle of water, put it on my head and let it go all over me. Right. So could you do that in Anyam Kipper? So it looks like not. It looks like that's exactly this case. Very good. Amar Papa. Kasa de Chaspa Malay aser To cool yourself with a full cup of a bottle of water would be aser. Why? So the reason is because you're going to spill it on yourself. Right? That, that's the point. Because he says, if it's full, it's usr. If it's like, if it has some water in it, but chaser Let's say if you look at the cup half empty, so it's mutter. Why? So the answer is, because you might, the, might spill it on, on yourself. That's what Rashi says. It's usr. Malay, usr. Shema, yishbechu, maim, al-bisara. There it is. You might spill it on yourself. On your flesh. That, it would be usr. To pour it on your, on your flesh would be usr. Okay? But if it's not so full and you think that the water towards the bottom is just there to sort of cool you off. Mind you, there wasn't refrigeration. How cool were the fruit and the babies and and, and the water? But as it, may, it could be it was cold kept in a like a right, in a cool, dry, sort of like protected from the sun kind of place. It was certainly a lot cooler than being in the hot sun and therefore uh but if to have a full bottle or a cup as it were of water it'd be also because you're going to pour it on yourself. Now, the pachra, with regards to a cup that's made out of earthenware, either be the oser, both half uh, half empty or full would be oser, because so enough liquid seeps through the side of the cup to consider it rechitzah. That's the point, Geronowitz. If you pour it over your head, that is an esser of rechitza. Right? So we see that rechitzah is not just actually washing yourself, but it's the category of... Pouring something that's with liquid, like putting it on your body for the purposes of enjoyment. Okay, Ravashi Amar Kasa chaser Nami Aser. But if you have a silver cup, then even if it were half empty, it would also be aser. Why? Mishum Demizdarev, because it could slip out of your hands accidentally on purpose. The Mizdarev says Rashi Machlik Venishma Somehow, if it's made out of silver, you're more likely to let it spill. And therefore, there was a gezerah, right? That you cannot use that, even if it has half; uh, it's half empty. You can't use that to cool off on Yom Kippur. So, let's story time. Here we go. Barchama, the Rabbi Ami Rasi, Rabbi Shub Ben Levi, the Chul of the Kesari Hava. Okay. Now, all the rabbis of Kesara went on a road trip to the house of Bar-Chama. Was he the brother of Rami Barchama? I think we're going to see Rami Barchama soon. Zahir Bahama hosted all of these great gedolim of Kesaria. So Levi. So once, right, he said did he have a, like a cabin in the woods? Uh yeah, where was his cabin? Where where did Zeir Bahama uh, live? That, uh, that's a good question. A cabin in the woods. What they call in Israel a tzimmer. Right? He had a tzimmer. That was geshmak, and they went to visit him. Oh, it was like summertime. Yeah zimmer right? Simmer, zimmer is really Yiddish or German is is summer. Anyway, zimmer is zimmers are like in Israel, an Airbnb is called it simmer. Anyway, Amale the Rabbi Yosef, of Levi. So he once said to Rabbi Yosef, the son of Shimon Levi, right? Bar Arya, Shimon Levi was a big giant, and so it was a giant in Tyra. So Bar Arya means son of a lion, meaning a giant in Tyra. And he said to him the following: Let me tell you something awesome that your father Rabbi Shurben Levi used to do. Let me tell you a thing. He, he, let me tell you something about your father. He said, and "This was his. This was the move that Rabbi Levy Levi had that really impressed Zir Barchama." As follows, he had a towel. Mitpachat is what they call a um, right a kerchief that the, that the women cover their hair with, or in this case, a towel. And this was his move. In order to avoid Rechitza on Yom Kippur, but to still enable himself to cool off, he created a patent, a cooling-off towel, where there was no problem of schita, or no problem of water, and no problem of Rechitza as follows. On Erev Yom Kippur, he would take the towel, soak it in water, and then he would right, squeeze it out so much that it was dry and it was as if it was already dry. (inaudible) The next day, he'd be able to wipe his hands and feet with it. It was awesome. Like like they offer it to you on the airplane, but drier, right, where it's just moist enough that you could really cool off and enjoy and and wipe off with it, but just dry enough that there's no Yisra V'chitza, no of schita. It was a great move. And Erev of B'av, calendrical coincidence perhaps, Right, we're in the three weeks. Yesterday was Shivassa B'tamuz. Erev Tishabav, Shorasa and On Erev Tishabav, he would also, he would soak it in water, in water, the next day, pass it over his eyes. Okay. Bechiasa Rabba Barmari, Amar, and similarly, when Rabba Barmari came, he said, Be'erv Tishabav, Mavi, and Lomitbachat. On Erev Tishabav, they would bring him a towel, Be'erv Tishabav, he said the same thing, but backwards. Well, sort of, sort of. He would soak it in water and then place it under his head. And he would wipe his hands and feet and face the next day. And on Erev Yom Kippur, right, they would also, he would soak it in water and then he would dry it out and the next day he would pass it over his eyes. So, Amelay Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi And with regards to this, Rabbi Yaakov said to him, uh, Right? In other words, he says, careful with the story. You got it a little bit backwards. The procedure that he had for Tishabav and the procedure that he had for Yom Kippur were very different. And you said it backwards. Why so? Because on Yom Kippur, the way you said it was that all he did was soak it and then leave it and, and leave it and you just have to be very careful because, after all, there is an iser of on Yom Kippur, and you have to dry it out very, very much, and be very careful with how you use it, and also be very careful not to what to wash Yemechaneach panavir yadaviraglov. It's really on maybe on Tishah B'av you can you can do that with something that is already dry, um, but on 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 Yom Kippur you have to be very careful. Uh, also, not to do recita, but more importantly, also not to do the schita, because schita, while it is completely mutter, to do schita on Tishavav, right? Because there's no Eser Malacha on Shabbos and on Yom Kippur, schita would be usr, And therefore, make sure you get that story straight, because the patent certainly was done in such a way so as to certainly avoid schita on Yom Kippur. And so you got to be careful when you're doing this. You got to really know what you're doing, because you cannot even. Begin to have any chash or any problem of getting into trouble of schita on Yom Kippur. Fine. So now, let's see. Two, two questions that are asked Rabbi Lazar. Um, the second question is going to bring us back to the Neilas Sandal and going out with the Sandal. But the first question is going to be totally unrelated, so don't get confused as to why we are asking this question. Ten lines up from the bottom of Ayin and Alpha, as follows: Ama Rav Bar Tachlifa, Ama Rav Amram, Ama Raba Bar Chana. Okay, a chain of who said the question? Rabba Barchana. Shalu es Rabbi Elazar. They asked him the following: Zokin, viyoshiv viyeshiva. Tsarich l'tov b'choros or einet What is going on? Totally out of left field. Again, it's only the second question that's going to be relevant to us. But let's see what this question is. Well, there's a concept of Bechoros. concept of Bechoros is that you're supposed to give the firstborn male offspring of any kosher domestic animal, be it bovine or ovine. That's a Dr. Kelman reference. Bovine is the par. Ovine is the goat and the sheep. Okay? Any one of those have to be, right, Bechoros. There's a whole mesecha actually called bekoros. Okay, It's firstborn. Fine. Now, the Kohen, typically, would bring it as a korban and then eat the meat. Uh-huh. Now, that's in Zman HaMikdash, but this Rabbi Lazar, as Rashi points out, Shah Louis Rabbi Lazar, Garcina Vahu Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas. Rashi points out, it's so Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas. Why is that significant? Because we do certainly have Rabbi Lazar the Tana, but Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas is not Rabbi Lazar the Tana. Rabbi Lazar ben Pedas is Rabbi Lazar the Amora, which is to say, and the way Dr. Rabbi Glatt remembers that Rabbi Lazzam and Padas is the Amorah, is because Padas sounds to him like Pido. Pido means he's younger, which means he's the Amora because he came later. Anyway, if that helps you, so then then uh, that's excellent. What's the point? The point is after Chorban Abayis, Andrew. After Chorban Abayis, the Kohanim were in a different position. Yes, there's still an issue of Bechoros. However, there's no Kachim. So what do you have to do? You have to wait until you send it out to pasture, you wait until it develops a mum, and then once it develops a mum, then the kohanim can eat it. Okay? And they can eat it like chulim, right? But when it has the status of kachim, but you can't bring it as a karbon, oh, so what is the issue? The issue is that kohanim are more likely to be biased to find mumim in these bacharos. That's one question. The other question is, does just a regular uh, non-Kohen have the power in the zman of the Chorban Abayis to make that to make that uh, decision right? Whether you're allowed to uh, whether there's a mum and whether you're allowed to have this b'chor or not. So uh, the question, as Rashi explains, it is: Does you do you need authorization from the Nasi right before you can before you can uh, check out whether it's the mum here? As follows. So let's see it inside. It says, "Shalos uh, rabbi lazazakir Yeshiva If it's just a member of Sanhedrin, let's say that's what it means by yeshiva here. So do you, does he need to get authorization from the nasi to be matir b'choros or not? So the Gemara analyzes this question. My by b'ilo. What's really the question? How he by b'ilo? It's says follows. Right. In light of what Rabbi Barabbin said, the davar ze that they took the matter outside, right, of the Kohanim, and they said, you know what, we're going to give, like, this um, this kabo to the Nasi, right? So in order to be, in order to exalt the issue, in order to make it more chashev, we're going to say that the Nasi is going to have the authority to say, that's necessary even if you're a member of the Sanhedrin, you still have to ask Rishus of the Nasi to make it a blemish. O Dilma came ain't As Rashi says, that Zaken that the question is, should a and Chacham be allowed to see this Rishus, or is this Zaken, or does he have to ask, do the Gedolim have to give the cover to the Nasi to determine whether bachar in the Zman of the korban? right, has a blemish or not, okay. So, that was the shaila. So, Ahmad Rabbi Tzadok ben Chaluk al-Raglov, he stood up to his full, right, measure, and said, Anir Aesiyas Rabbi Daisi ben Zimra, oh, as they pointed out many times, in those days, historically, that was like raising your hand. In the base Medrash, that was the, uh, the the way of standing up and you wait your turn to speak. That was very common in those days. So, he says, Anir Aesiyas Rabbi Yosi ben Zimra, Shizokan V'Yoshev be Right, he was a zaken yoshev yeshiva. He was a yeshivish member of Sanhedrin. He was a Tamil chacham gadol, the rabbi of the town. The is and he was standing before this one's grandfather. Right, and this point, he's talking about the grandfather of the current nasi, as Rashi explains. And still, right, without the permission of the nasi. He was given rishus, which is to say, the Gadol the, 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 or the rabbi of the town, right, the Moirid de Asra was able to be Matel rishus to the Bechoros, and no problemo, he didn't have the, need the authority of the Nasi. So this was the recollection of Tadak ben Chalukah. So Amale Rabbi Abba, but Rabbi Abba said to her of Lo No, you misinterpreted the Maisa, that's not how it happened. El Kachaya Maisa, this is what happened. Rabbi bin ben Zimra Koin Haya. Right, you saw Rebosim and Zimra stand up. Well Riyasim and Zimmer was a coin, Bahi Kami Bailey, and the Shila was very different. The question was like this. The Nassi's grandfather was the issue. Halakh could be mayor to Amar He Hashabedarva Lodanovido, O Dilma Halakha, Kurabi Shimon Mingam Lial, the Ammar Nemunu Al Shall Havero, Venu Naman Al Shall Atzmo. So that was the issue. What was the issue? Like this. Where was this issue discussed? It's in Masekas Bacharos. The Masechah's Bechorus, they already discussed how are you supposed to handle it after Zman HaMikdash. Because after all, as we discussed, uh, after the Zman of the Mikdash, the Kohen has a bias, right? The Kohen's bias is that he wants to this animal to have a mum so that he can make a barbecue out of it. So the question is, Reb says, because of that bias, the Kohen himself is called a Chashud Bedover, right? The bias, we don't allow him to testify. We don't allow the Kohen. That's the point. In other words, the issue here was not whether, right, Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra was, a, was the rabbi of the town and it wasn't a rabbi versus Nussi issue. It was a Kohen, right? Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra was a Kohen and therefore it was a Kohen versus non-Kohen issue. The Kohen versus Nussi issue is a different issue. Why so? Because as a Kohen, Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra would have a bias to want the animal to have a mum and that was really the issue. The issue was, are we going to allow him to make the determination or is he disqualified by virtue of being a Kohen? That was the shaila. That would be Shitas mayor. Meir. Meir says he's a Chashid We think he has a bias and therefore he's not allowed to make this Din and he's not allowed to testify in this. He is disqualified. Odilma, but Rav did not say that. Rav Shemul Gamliel says True. If this determination would affect him as a Kohen, which is to say if this, if the question on, the, on this animal was is ben Benzaeira going to be invited to the barbecue so then we don't trust him because he's going to have a bias but if it's just a question of being mattered for a different coin so then even though he is in fact himself a coin what's the difference he's not going to ever get a, going to get the benefit of it and therefore we're going to trust him to be unbiased Right, to be impartial, and therefore, Rabbi Shimon held that even a coin can make the determination so long as it does not, um, benefit him. And that's what it means. It says, and then, and it's in that story where the, right, the conclusion of the story was that we held, like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel that in fact, Rab Yosi ben Zimra was allowed to make the determination on behalf of someone else, and so that was really the lesson of the story. The idea that he was allowed to make the determination was not in contrast to the Nussi, but it was just because he was a kohen. We said that we hold, like Rabbi Shimon and else that he's going to, we're going to allow him so long as the animal is going to be um, eaten by a different kohen. Fine. So that was the first issue, the first question posed for a Blazer. But now we're going to get back to our topic. Based off of the second question, posed by Rabbi Lazar, as follows: So they inquired further of Rabbi Lazar. sham. As we turn to Ein Chesem Base and we get to the idea of sham, and the first Rashi and Ein Chesem Beis says: Min guma Can you wear crocs on Yom Kippur? Wearing a crocs Yom kippur. Okay, so. Ahmad Rabi So similarly, he stood up to and said, Anira He saw Rishub and Levi wearing crocs on Yum Kippur. And I said to him, can you wear it also on Tishabov or Shavas So Amalee Loshnah. Nah, no, it's no different. Loshnah. Just like you could wear in yom Kippur, of course, you can also wear it on Tishabab. Why would you think otherwise? So I'm a rabba baruchana. Anirah Lazar de Ninveh, This is a third rabba Lazar. He's from Ninve. Sheyata besandal Shasham b'tainu I saw him yesterday in shul on Shavasu Batamas, He's wearing Crocs. V'amino la. And I said to him, HaKippur, am my, can you wear this on your kippur? Amarli loshna. That's a bigger chiddush, right? In other words, on uh, as we'll see, there's more issues on your kippur certainly than there is on Tishabav. One would understand if you could wear it on Shavasu Batamas. um then you could ask. If you could wear a Yom Kippur, certainly you could wear Shavasa batamos. But if you could wear a Batamas, you could still ask. And the answer is either way, no difference. You could wear crocs on Shavasa Batamas and on Yom Kippur. Okay. Now, certain amaraim wore different kinds of crocs. Yehuda wore one crocs made of hitni. Abaya Nafik bid wore on Yom Kippur, we're talking about crocs made out of palm leaves. Ravana Nafik bid He went out uh, with uh, crocs made of grass. And Rabbah Baravuna Karach Sudra HaKoreva Nothing. Rabbah Baravuna was fundamentally different, it seems, but maybe not. He would wrap a handkerchief around his foot and go out. So some would say, well, uh, maybe he thinks he, he's like one of these guys that only wears socks. He thinks you can't wear shoes altogether because it's supposed to be in, in, in one of the inuims. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe this is considered extra comfortable. So it's unclear. You see this in the, in the, in the postgame. You see this, this is a little bit of a question in the Sugya here. Because the Sugi of Shoes is fascinating in the sense that there's a question, is it for comfort? Uh, and therefore we don't wear shoes because we don't want it to be comfortable or we don't wear shoes because shoes typically were made of leather. Or, uh, I believe it was of Arya Libowitz Shlita, but I don't remember for sure where I heard it. I, listened to it. I had, because of the fast yesterday, an opportunity to listen to a few him. And they were mentioning that there's a, there's a psak. Uh, maybe it was the Rama. There was a sock that it really has to do with leather. That's how we hold, right? And it has to do with an anivus that we have to have a certain right. There's, when when you when you turn when you take another species, albeit non-human, but animals, and you t- turn their hides into right into. Leather shoes, then you're showing a certain dominance as a species. There's a certain air, uh, arrogance, right? A species arrogance that we're so we're so that other species, like a vegetarian type uh, approach, we're so chashav that we think that it's worth it. The other animals are around just so we can take their kill them, take their skins, and make them into shoes. So on Yom Kippur, that's a bad look. And maybe it's really a leather thing as opposed to a uh, as opposed to a comfort thing. And really, that that's in embedded in the sugya, right? Are we talking about comfort or are we talking about uh, a leather issue? Anyways, so now, but be that as it may, crocs are okay unless you say that the comfort is the problem. So let's see. Masiv Rami Barchama. There he is, Shir Schmidtman's PhD, his thesis, 10 lines down. And now we're going to quote the Shabbos Sameche. We're going to get nostalgic about this question of Shabbos. Hakiter. Remember this guy? He was an amputee. Yoytze B'Kav Can And he got with his prosthesis. Diver Rebbe Meir. Rehmeyer says, sure, go out with his prosthesis. Why not? That's part of him. Rehmeyer, says, Osir, rather. Rehmeyer, Osir. He says, osir. Why? Vitani Allah, and we learned about this Mishnah, v'shovin says tzitz Yom kippurim. So that was fascinating. They both say that you can't go out on Yom Kippur with the prosthesis. Wow. Well, we have an issue with the prosthesis. It's interesting. There's, Iran, they, there's an irony in this, in this, uh, this halacha. Because again, on Shabbos, the problem is, if you wear a shoe, there's no problem. So on Shabbos, it's not considered a shoe because it's a prosthesis and you might take it off and therefore might carry. The problem would be of Otzah on Shabbos. I on Yom Kippur, however, it's enough of a shoe to have the issue of Ne'ilas Hasando. So is it a shoe or isn't a shoe? If it's a shoe, it's Muttar on Shabbos if it, and, and also on Yom Kippur. If it's not a shoe, so then it's also on Shabbos because of Otzah, so then I guess it could be, if it's not a shoe, also because Yom Kippur because of Yom also. So let's see. Amar Abayi. Hasam de isbek Sisin. The price there is talking about where it had small pieces of rags umishum Tanug. That was the issue. In other words, with respect to Hotzah, the Elocha on Yom Kippur shouldn't be any different than Elocha on Shabbos. That's the problem. So why would it be categorically to have this on Yom Kippur? It can't be because of Hotzah. Well, so you say, okay, well, it's because of an ilas hasandl. But that would be a problem because if it was an the ilas Asandl, then nobody would say that it's asar on Shabbos because everybody holds that you're allowed to wear a on Shabbos. So therefore, the answer must be, says Abaye, that no, it, it was a prosthesis, and therefore on Shabbos you'd have a machlokis. Is it a sure or not? But on Yom Kippur, everybody would say it's asar because he's getting great benefit because you have these wet sort of towelettes inside, giving you tremendous honour. That's the issue. So Rava started poking holes in this. Amalei Rava, lav monahu But wait. If the, if, if this, like, prasisis is not a shoe, ksisin mana, can the beg, begodim, turn it into a, uh, a, a utensil, into a kli, the od so that's one is- issue. And again, we already said, we argued that in Shabbos, if it was a kli, then, then that, then if it's, it's a, uh, it's okay. But if it's not, then the rags wouldn't help. The ode, delav, and And furthermore, this is the crux of the question. This is a really good question. If you're going to say that the answer is this, is really the, this is really the question more relate to the first thing the Rabbah asked was sort of the irony of what we said before. In other words, if it's not a shoe, so then it should be it should be usher on An Shabbos and Yom Kippur the same way. And if we're going to say that turning it into a tanuk makes it a shoe, so it should be mutar on Shabbos. That's the first thing Rabbah is exposing. The second thing the Rabbah is saying is as follows: What is saying that this is rags? What does that have to do with anything? Okay, she's so getting a tanuk out of rags. But who said the tanuk other than the five inuyim is also and Yom Kippur altogether? We only hold that the five inuyim are also. Just getting a tanuk out of these rags is not a problem at all. That's the, that, that's really very relevant to our issues. So it says, Sudra As we said before, here it's assumed that Rabbi Baravuna wrapping these kerchiefs around his feet was, was amazing. It was like walking on a clouds. It was like Air Jordans. And therefore, and yet he did it. And so we see that the issue of wearing sandal on Yom Kippur is not one of comfort, but rather it's one of just not wearing shoes. And also we see from the sefer of that Mishnah, uh, in Shabbos you remember everything in Shabbos was either at Zohar or at Tumah we said that if that wooden foot right that prosthet- prosthesis had a receptacle in it for rags it's going to be Askinan. we see that if Right? The Saifa said, and if it had a base, keyboard it, would be tummy. That seems to imply that he did not have such a receptacle for the, the ratio, and therefore, that cannot be a case where they had rags. But the issue in Shabbos just. As an aside, you might remember is that if the rag was big enough to be Makabaltuma, then you would have, um, as we said before, then you'd have issues of oltzah. So Rava did not like this shot of a el ama Rava, Rava offered his own pshat la olam, the minalu. That really, the question is, everyone says that the, that a prosthesis is like a shoe, and therefore on Shabbos it should be mutar <speaking> lagamre. <in Hebrew> so what 's the issue though however it 's not exactly a issue, why? Because of Mar Savar, Dilma Amos that really, even though it 's a shoe, well, shoes you normally don 't take off, but the prosthetics sometimes you do so Rabiosi, who hold that it was usher, he was concerned with the prosthetics that you 're going to take it off, Umar Savar and simply Rame said the reason it 's mutter is because we don 't have such a gazera, because actually people with prosthesis keep the prosthesis on, and therefore. It, with regards to saw if you're going to keep it on, it's exactly like a shoe, and it's like a malbush, and it's okay. And It was just a shayla of whether it's a tircha um, to take it, and, or whether there's a likelihood to take it off. So now we're in the middle of Ein Chesem Beis, and we have a Taner on a new issue here. What is our relationship with children with respect to the chameshah Soinuim? So the answer is, they're allowed to do all of them. They could eat, they could wash, they could do all those things on um, Kippur Nailah sandal? no why because remember now we've zeroed in we said that the issue of Nailah Sassandal is not comfort but you can't wear leather shoes so, says the Gemara why would this fascinating idea the Nailah Sassandal is the one of the Chamesha inuim that we actually apply to children why the Amri because people say Inshi Avdule Who, they would say that uh, people did it for him. That somebody must have tied his shoes on this, on this person. So it's an interesting thing. Right? Mimela, right? If the kids are walking around the house and they're washing their hands and they're eating, that's fine. But to feed them and do those things, maybe you shouldn't do. So, Hanachnami, Imri Inche Abdullah. So you say, wait a minute. If you see a kid that's washed up, you could say, well, somebody washed him. Not washed up but washed, you know. So the Gemara says, si'cha Yeah. But if a kid shows up in shul and he looks put together and you could say that he got washed the day before in every Kippur. The Gemara says, Sandal Nami Well shoes also. He's walking with shoes. Maybe somebody put the shoes on yesterday. So Sandal lo after No. The shoes you don't put on, right? If a kid shows up and he looked like he probably took a bath recently, it could have been the day before. But nobody sleeps in their shoes, and therefore Sandal, if he shows up the Yom Kippur day, he must have had that day. If you want to feel real death, time of death, go to sleep with your shoes on. That's the worst. But it sounds like small children are allowed to do it. Says Rashi. So Rashi says, it can't be reasoned from the day before. It sounds like you're really allowed to do it that day, Rashi points out. So it sounds like this is not the issue of putting on the day before or not. It's a different issue. What's the issue? In other words, Revisayu means development, thriving. Children need to wash themselves and eat. They don't need to wear feragamo leather shoes. No kid needs to wear that. So that's why the shoes, we're not going to let them do. But the eating and the washing, they're going to let them do. Damar Abaye, Amrlie Aim, there she is, Abaye's mother, the CEO of Whole Foods, Ravisei Dinuka, and she always said, she said, when you raise a child, Ravisei Dinuka, Maya, Chameen, Mishcha, to the development of the young child, made them warm water, and God, and when he grows a little bit, give him eggs, and there it is, kutach, the moldy, milchig, Babylonian dish that we're going to have at Andrew's at the Kiddush. God, and he grows a little older, you break utensils. And that's why Rabbi used to buy inexpensive stuff, uh, for his son, Zumitabrilo, in order to break the items. So now we're going to resume tomorrow with the first wide line with the two dots.